James chapter 1 is where we are. James chapter number 1. You go there with me in the Word of God. How many are thankful for the Bible? Amen. Amen. We're not coming here guessing at it. Just giving you some opinions or some preferences or some pet peeves or what I think you should do. I'm glad we got the Bible. Amen. God's holy word. Line upon line, precept upon precept, just as God has given it. Verse number five is we're going to pick up where we've left off in this series and let God help us with it. If any of you lack wisdom, everybody say any of you. All right. You know what that means? Everybody. Any of you. Let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and abradeth not. And it shall be given him. But, everybody say but. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. <laughs> For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed for let not that man say that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord a double minded man is unstable in his ways I didn't say it God said it see if you if you're double minded you messed up in everything God help us Some of us are good when we get here, but we are messed up when we leave. And no wonder we can't get what we're asking God for. Let the church say amen. Amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Do a great work like only you can. Speak through me. And Lord, might you accomplish what you want to accomplish in and through this service today. We love you and we bless your holy name. For anyone that doesn't know Jesus, might that one come to a saving knowledge of the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. James is challenging us to count it all joy. All joy. The context of this writing is James writing to the scattered tribes of Israel who are under severe persecution. And yet in the midst of their persecution, they've got some other flaws that are not the result of their persecution, they're the result of their immaturity. They don't know how to handle their trials. They don't know how to demonstrate their faith. They don't know how to control their tongue. They certainly are lusting and envying after each other. They're praying for things not to glorify God, but to consume it upon their own lust. They're playing with toys. They're desiring riches. Some of them are sick. Many of them have strayed from the church. They've strayed away from God. They're blaming their circumstances, but circumstances never run you away from God. They just expose how vulnerable your walk with God is. So James challenges the people of God. Trials are coming. 
divers temptations, varied temptations, different kinds of temptations, trials on every hand, difficulties unexpected, things we've never seen. You've not crossed this way heretofore, situations we've never encountered before. But when they come and when they show up, when the storms of life show up unannounced and when the difficulties in life come our way and when one thing piles upon another and we find ourselves uh, fretting and we find ourselves flirting with discouragement and depression and despair. James on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God says it is possible for a child of God in the thick of a trial to still have joy. You believe that? Say amen. But you can't do it by accident. You can't do it by coincidence. You're not going to do it in the natural. You must do it in the supernatural. You're not going to just wake up and have joy and go, oops, I don't know I had joy. Sure hope I get it. Joy is not the lottery. Joy is not something you stumble into. Joy is not something that you knock on the door and it opens and you didn't expect it. Joy is something that you have on purpose by walking in the spirit and living according to the word of God. Who in the building doesn't want joy? I won't ask who doesn't have it. Everybody wants it. Very few have it. How do we count it all joy? Pastor, it sounds so easy. It sounds so cliche. Come on now, you're going through a trial. Shake it off. Lift up your head. Poke your chest out. Call the devil a lie. Keep on pressing on. Keep on moving on. Those things sound good, but if you ain't walking with God, all they're going to do is sound good. It won't be long when they won't even do that. You've got to learn to operate on the principles of the word of God in order to accomplish what God is doing. The Christian life is not a life that you can luck out and live. It's a life that you can only live yielded to the spirit of God. So how can I count it all joy? We look several weeks. You are assured of some facts. Knowing this. Say those two words with me. Knowing this. What do I know? I am a tested person. God tests his people. Your faith works better when it is tested. Pastor, I don't like tests. Well, how do we know if it's real? Everything that's real needs to be tested and nothing that's real should be threatened by a test. Anybody that doesn't want what they claim to be real to be tested probably doesn't have something real. Somebody say amen. My faith is real. If I say I love God, if I say I'm walking with God, if I say I believe this Bible, if I say I'm walking in the spirit, if I say that I love what God is all about, if I say that I'm yielded to him, if I say that I want what's best for him, if I say that my my faith is authentic, I should not mind it being tested. Faith is tested so God can prove it, so God can try it. We're not only tested people, but we are taught patience. Patience, having her perfect work. Patience, giving us a complete condition, giving us a content composure. But listen now, I can't get a complete condition. I can't get a content composure unless I have compliant character. In other words, patience can want to teach me everything I need to learn. But patience can't teach a student that's not willing to learn. And sometimes we don't learn because we're not willing. Let patience have a perfect work in you that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So I count it all joy because I'm assured of some facts. Say it with me, I'm assured of some facts. Say it again, I'm assured of some facts. Aren't you glad in the Christian life there's some things you know? Come on, if you know you're saved, say amen. If you know you're going to heaven, say amen. 
If you know that God is real, say amen. If you know the Holy Ghost lives inside of you, say amen. If you know this is the word of God, say amen. If you know that Jesus is coming again, say amen. If you know you have peace with God, say amen. If you know you can have the peace of God, say amen. If you know that his grace is sufficient, say amen. If you know his strength is made perfect in weakness, say amen. If you know the devil is a liar, say amen. If you know the end of flesh dwelleth no good thing, say amen. If you know that when we get to heaven, there'll be no more pain, say amen. No more sorrow, say amen. No more crying, say amen. No more death, say amen. If you know you're going to see your loved ones again when you go to heaven, say amen. If you know that God is stronger than Satan, say amen. If you know he's going to get locked up and thrown in the lake of fire, say amen. If you know you ain't going to hell, say amen. Some things in life, just assure you know everything, you just amen. You must know that the trying of your faith works with patience. You got to know it. So I'm assured of some facts. Number two, if I want to count it all, I'm not only assured of some facts, I am assisted in the fight. Pastor, 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 you're just telling me, I I mean, I just lost my job. I should have joy. I just lost somebody I love. I should have joy. I'm going through a financial struggle. I, I should have joy. I'm under attack and I should have joy. People are lying on me and I should have joy. I'm going through difficult crisis relation, crises relationally and I should have joy. Yes, you should have joy. But why don't I have joy? Because you're not realizing you're assured of some facts and you're not realizing you are assisted in the fight. God didn't just say go out there and have joy. God said, I'm going to give you what you need to have joy. Now, here we are at verse number five. Now, this is an opinion, okay? So you don't have to receive it as fact. It's an opinion. I think it's a good one. In my opinion, James 1.5 is one of the most neglected verses in all of the Bible when it comes to living it out in the Christian life. Well, obviously, I'm a, I'm a little alone on my opinion. About three of you agree with it. That's okay. Listen, I, I guarantee you, if you, if you rushed your prayer list up here to me and most of you that had copies of it or if you put it down or if you spoke it out and somebody that typed real fast typed out your prayer list, there are a bunch of things on your prayer list, but I would guarantee you most of the people in this crowd do not have wisdom on there. I need a better job. I need more money. I need more to pay my bills. I need to feel better. I need to quit getting sick. I need to get healed of my infirmity. I need this child to act better. I need my husband to be better. I need my wife to be better. I need my past to be better. Hush your mouth. (laughs) I tell you what you need. You need wisdom. It's on my prayer list. This morning I started praying for you all about 4.30 this morning. When I finish my prayer list, it, it ends like this. Lord, help me to have more love for you. Help me to have more faith in you. Help me to have more humility before you. Help me to have more wisdom from you. So that, Lord, you can help me to have more influence through you. Now, now listen. If God answers every prayer on your prayer list, and I hope he does, if you don't have wisdom, you ain't going to know what to do with it. God, give me a husband. If you don't have wisdom, you ain't going to know how to be a good wife. God, give me a wife. If you don't have wisdom, you don't know how to be a good husband. God, give me kids. Lord, help you. If you don't have wisdom. <laughs> we got to get our prayer list. In. We're praying for God. God, God, help things to be better. Help them not to be traffic on I-95. Help my boss not to get on my nerves. Help my kids to obey me the first time I say, you need to pray that God.
wisdom. So we assisted in the fight. Notice if you're taking notes today, the available gift. The available gift. Here's this verse. Come on, just the Bible as we say it. I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. You tell me how deep this is. If any of you lack wisdom. I'd read it more if I understood it. Come on now. Some verses in the Bible are hard to understand. This is not one of them. If any of you lack wisdom. Look around. Look around the building. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know I'm going to keep it real, Pastor. Look around the building there. You know what you see? Black people, white people, yellow people, and everything, everything in between, right? People that are from America, people that aren't from America. People that speak English well, people that don't speak English well. People that are learning. Listen, you got people that their original language wasn't English. You got people whose family is from another place. You got people whose family came over here uh, as immigrants. You got people who out in the world will get mistreated because of where they're from, what the color of their skin is. Listen, we're still living in a world that's got racism and prejudice in it. If you don't believe it, I don't know where your eyes are. But I'm here to tell you when you come up here in this building today and open this Bible, God don't care where you're from, what language you speak, what country you're from, what country you're part of. If you lack wisdom, it's available. Anybody. God's not going to ask you where you're from. Oh, no, you can't get wisdom. We only give wisdom to some kind of people. If any of you lack wisdom. That's what I'm saying in the context of Scripture. James chapter 1 is addressing what kind of situations in our lives? Trials. Look here this morning. Look at the pastor. Stop using your trials as an excuse to make dumb decisions. Well, I, you know, I was just going through so much. I was under so much stress. God understands. No, he doesn't. God doesn't understand why you make dumb decisions in trials because he made a provision that you don't have to operate on your ignorance. He makes available the gift. If any of you, if any of you, that means the teenager that's trying to be pure in an impure world lacks wisdom. He has it available. That means the man who's trying to lead a marriage, he just started off in the middle of a family where marriages end in divorce. He can ask for it. I'm talking about the young person who's trying to navigate his way through finding a spouse in a postmodern society. He's talking to you. I'm talking to parents who are dealing with a prodigal. I'm talking to folks who are going through a struggling difficulty physically or financially. I'm talking to somebody who can't find enough pennies to pay your bills. If you lack wisdom, say, Pastor, I come up in here. Nobody understands me. Nobody knows what I'm going through. I feel like when I try to communicate my trials, nobody can identify. Identify what I'm I'm telling you something. We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Wherefore, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. When nobody knows, Jesus knows. So there's an available gift. But with the available gift, there's an accessible God. If any of you lack wisdom, listen to the verse. Let him ask of. Talk to me. Let him ask of. How many times did you ask God this week for wisdom so that you in the middle of a tough situation didn't make the wrong decision? We've all seen it. It's the part in the movie when the stalker is chasing the person 
who needs to get out the house. It's just three steps, just three little steps. All you do, one, two, three. I mean, good gracious, just jump and don't even go down the steps. And, and just run. All you have to do, if you just run to safety, if you don't fall, if you don't stumble, if you don't trip over that stick, you're going to be free. You're going to be safe. The movie's going to end happily. And 10 out of 10 times, she fall down. I'm going to tell you why. We don't think right when we panic. I said, we don't think right when we panic. Listen, listen, we don't function well under pressure. A bunch of you women mad at Eve. It would have been you too, Susan, Samantha, Rashika. You'd have done the same thing. I didn't mean to pick someone who was in the building. Sorry. Sahara, take your name out. Is there one of those here? <laughs> Eve is the reason why every time I have a baby, these contractions hurt me. Listen, they'd have been blaming you if you were there. I'll tell you why. We're under pressure, and the most of the time that we're under pressure, we operate on instinct. Here's the problem. Instincts don't operate in sync with the spirit. Somebody write that down before I forget it. Instincts don't operate in sync with the spirit. So, so, so if I think that when difficulties come in a tough situation, if I think I'm going to naturally make the right decision, I don't understand my flesh. So I've got to say, God, when my mind is under pressure and when my money is funny and when my friends are few and when I'm going through a difficulty and when the doctor comes in the room and tells me I got something that I never planned on having and my instincts say fear and when financially my instincts say rob God and not give and when my instincts say do something that's not wise, I need a God in heaven who doesn't panic, who doesn't fret, who does I need somebody's mind who's never in influenced by circumstance. I'm glad that my God doesn't turn on the news and look at the stocks and bonds, doesn't look at inflation. I'm glad that God doesn't sit in heaven and say, oh boy, look at them gas prices, how much they're charging for them chicken wings. Look at the, the ice cream container got smaller and the price went higher. What am I going to, he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. All the gold and silver belong to him. I got the, I, listen, when I'm stressed out, I need to get in touch with somebody who never gets stressed out. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So I've got to understand that it's an available gift. Then I've got to un- understand there's an accessible God. He is the source. Read Proverbs chapter 8 when you get a chance. Wisdom has existed from the beginning. You know why wisdom has existed from the beginning? Because God is the source of wisdom. And since God has always existed, wisdom has always existed. Why in the world would I be on the phone calling people who don't know what they're talking about when I got a God who knows everything that he's talking about? He's the source and he's the supplier. So there's an available gift. There's an accessible God. Let's look at this part. There's an abundant granting. Notice verse number five. That giveth to all men, let's not in any way be isolating. That word men there is not indicative of males. It's talking about mankind. That giveth to all people liberally. Wow. The, the, the 
abundant granted. Here's what, here's what James is saying. God not only hands out wisdom, he hands it out liberally. You know, I walk in the mall daily, and uh, one of the things I, I walk in the mall and do is I walk through just about everywhere in the mall, not into stores, but in the, and then the outer area. So, so sometimes my walk takes me through the food court. Unfortunately, during COVID, they have slowed down on the distribution of samples. <laughs> sample, sample, sample. So I'm, boy, that bourbon chicken tastes good on that toothpick. As good as it tastes on a toothpick, rest assured, it ain't going to fill you up. Here's the problem with a lot of good things in life. They're good, but the distribution is never enough to supply the need. Aren't you glad that God ain't rationing off wisdom? Come on now. He giveth liberally. I can't tell you how many Christian people I hear say, Pastor, I just don't know what to do. I can't figure out what to do. God does. And listen to me. The response of a believer, I don't know what to do, is an indictment on my Christian walk. Now, you don't have to have all the answers. But you should never excuse yourself from doing the wrong thing when you're connected with a God who has all the answers. So the abundant granting, write this down, the act of gracefulness about it, which give it to all men liberally and abradeth not. Here's what the word abradeth means. It means to harshly criticize. It means to scold. Now look up here. Let's keep it real. Make the devil a liar. How many of you have received something from, in other words, you asked somebody for something and they said yes. But the speech they gave you after they said yes made you had rather them say no. My children, keep your hands down. And you know we parents, we're good at it. Can I have such and such? I told you I ain't trying to give you some air time. Huh, take it. I'm going to tell you right now. The next time... You come up here and ask, if you look at me and ask me to pay your attention, I'm going to beat the devil out of you. you, you here's, here's what we're saying. Here's what we're saying. I'm giving it to you, but I'll make you feel bad for asking. Abradeth not means this. It says God gives you wisdom and never scolds you for asking. Here, here's the problem. We don't, we don't refuse to ask for, for wisdom because God won't give it. We refuse to ask for wisdom because we're too proud to admit we need it. I know what I'm doing. I make this decision. Watch this now. It adds up. It's logical. It's what people do. It's what makes sense. Everybody I talked to, they said they did it the same way before. They're not God. Well, the world says, well, this is what I figure in my experience, all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We need somebody's experience who's experienced at being perfect for all of eternity. This is the gracefulness of God. That he has. I was in the class this morning and, and, and I took questions this morning. And, and Angie said, she said, 
this is a silly question. And she asked the question. I said, it wasn't silly. But some people, when you ask them a question, they make you feel so dumb for asking. You ever been around a bunch of people that were saying a whole bunch of stuff and they were all nodding their head like they understood and you were saying, I haven't picked up on anything they were saying. First of all, not everybody nodding their head. They don't know either. They're just nodding their head. They're faking. I used to sit on the plane and, and, and uh, I used to fly about 60,000 miles a year. And so I was on the plane. I mean, the, the, the people that did the luggage, they knew me. Some of the flight attendants knew me. I went to the airport. The people that at the soul food place in Atlanta, they knew me. Hey, baby. I said, that's me. And, uh, and, uh, but you'd be on the plane and, you know, you'd be reading or, or sleeping or eating or, you know, reading through a magazine. Or if you're me, you've got your personal DVD player and you're watching episodes of Matlock. That's how I was doing. And then the plane started, boom, 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 boom. Just me. And I'd look over there, people just be steady reading. Then they go, boom, boom, boom. And this was always the, what bothered me. When the flight attendants sat down. I said, oh Lord, when they sit down. <laughs> We've suspended drink service at that time. If they can't, and then you're always waiting for the, the pilot to come on. Are you just going to put us through all these bumps and not tell us anything? Tell us it's going to be five minutes. Tell us you, you're finding clean air. Tell us you, you got, tell us this is all going to be over. It looks like we've, we can't find uh, clean, clear air anywhere, and it's going to be bumpy the whole flight. And I used to say, am I the only? And I remember the choir used to sing, Jesus, 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 something happens when I mention his name. I said, I'm going to find out. Jesus, 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 and one day, Pastor Mike said, they scared too. <laughs> don't believe me. Don't believe them. They sitting there like they, they're, just, they're just trying to play it off. Hey, 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 let me tell you something. You can live the Christian life and make yourself think you're the only one that doesn't have the answers. Guess what? Nobody has the answers. Don't let what it looks like fool you. I just, I'm trying to be married, and I tell you what, marriage is a mystery to me, and I feel like I'm the only one at Crossroads Baptist Church who can't figure out your wife. Child, please, let me tell you something. Every last man is in the boat with you, okay? That's a part of, you, you, you know how successful marriages make it? Not with smart people, but with people who've learned how to talk to a smart God. And I'll close with this. And it shall be given him. The absolute guarantee. It shall be given. Prove me now therewith. Malachi chapter 3. See if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you would not have room enough to receive. Prove me now. Here's what God is saying. Don't miss this this morning. When you are tested, child of God, here's how you pass the test. You pass your own test by putting God to test. 
And when God passes his test, you can pass yours too. Test me. I'm testing you. Test me. See if I won't keep my word. You ask me for wisdom. See if I won't give you wisdom. See if I won't give you liberal wisdom. And see if I won't make you feel dumb for asking for wisdom. And by the way, if you prove God in testing him that he keeps his word, you won't panic so much when you go through your own test. And no wonder some Christians in their most intense test can still have joy. It's not that things are easy. It's not that life is a breeze. It's not that they don't care. It's not that they're superhuman. It's just that in the middle of their trial, they've gotten a hold of a gift from a God that's granted with grace and the whole package comes as a guarantee. Let the church say amen. amen. Father, we love you. We bless you. We magnify your name. Do in us. Do through us. Do with us what only you can. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed with you. I mean, say, Pastor, I'm 100% sure if I died today that I'd go to heaven. I have Bible reasons to prove it. I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. Raise your hand all over the building. I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. God bless you. Put your hands down. Now, be honest with me, saved folk. Pastor, I'm going through difficulties. I need wisdom. I need to put James 1, 5 into practice because I need God's mind when my mind doesn't know what to do. Hands up if that's you all over the room. My soul, my soul. All over the room. God bless you. Put your hands down. Pastor, I'm not 100% sure if I died today I'd go to heaven, but I'm 100% sure I do not want to go to hell. Listen, please. I'm not 100% sure if I died tonight I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. Please pray for me. I'll not embarrass you. I simply want to pray for you. Would you raise your hand that I might pray for you, Pastor? I'm not sure if I died today. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. But I'm 100% sure that I don't want to go to hell. Please pray for me. I appreciate this one, man. One person put the hand up and it was an accident. I want you to know I noticed that. It's okay. Anyone else? I'm not 100% sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. Anyone else? Hey, listen to me. You don't have to be unsure. You can know that you know that you know that you know that you know. There's some things in life you can't know. But going to heaven is not one of them. You can know it. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, Pastor, how can I know? You base your salvation based on the word of God. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have been written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Right in your seat right now if you'll bow your head knowing that Jesus died for you was buried and rose again. Knowing and believing that you're a sinner separated from God. 
begging God to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart and save you. The Bible says he will save you, and you can know it. You can know it. So if you're here today and you don't know it, bow your head right where you are and say, Lord, forgive me, please. Come to my heart. God, I'm tired of doubting. I can't walk in confidence if I'm not sure I'm yours. Please, Lord, save my soul. Forgive me of my sins. I claim in Jesus' name through his blood that I am redeemed and I walk in victory. If that's you, you pray that where you are. I wonder if there's anybody in the building today say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure, but I just prayed. I prayed in faith. We'll talk some more about that next week, about faith when it comes to asking for wisdom. But we're talking about faith when it comes for salvation. Pastor, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure, but I just prayed. I prayed believing. I prayed trusting. And on the authority of God's word, I'm claiming to be saved, to know that I know that I know that I'm going to heaven. If that's you in the building today, would you slip your hand up? I prayed and I meant it. Anybody like that? God bless you. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Here's another young man. Well, that our, our workers, our children's workers, our bus workers too, please be mindful of those hands that went up. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Pastor, I prayed in a minute. And we get some, someone to talk with you about it, if you'd like that, so you can know it. Church, let's give God the praise for these two that have raised their hand and accept Christ. Father, help us to walk in wisdom. It's available. It's accessible. It's abundant. It's absolute. Forgive us for asking you for stuff and not for asking you for the wisdom to know how to handle it. May today be the beginning of a prayer life never void of a request for wisdom and for every other need meet it in Jesus name for his sake